Okay. Hello. It's been a little while. Well, it could be a while or it could not be a while. Some people might be binge listening. <laughs> kind of like how we've been binge watching. Shameless. Shameless. And boy, is that a shameless show. That it is. We are trying to put in episode 28 on a Wednesday after you've been working all day. And actually, your week has been pretty big. We're talking today about you. About me? How so? <laughs> well, normally you're the one doing all the question asking, but you had a big meeting this week. Do you want to describe that meeting for us? Uh, sure. I had, I was invited as a part of the center that I work for, work for a math education center, to do a panel conversation uh, with MIT teaching labs. MIT. Mm-hmm. The Ivy League smart person school. Massachusetts Institute of Technology. <laughs> and you had to do a talk with them about. Uh, it, do yeah. you really want me to say what No, it was I about? guess you don't have to. Yeah, and you, and I don't you don't want to go really into too matters. much about work, I guess. But the bottom line is it was a really. Um, I mean, anytime you're asked to do something like that, like what was your first thought? Well, my first thought was cool, sure. MIT, they want to include me on a panel. Okay. Seems like I out of my league, but sure. Why yeah, not? but it's obviously not out of your league because that's the league you just got invited into. Well, I suppose <laughs> so, but I feel like no matter what, wherever you are, if you get invited to a panel, if you get invited to speak on a panel at MIT, the first instinct I would think is, oh, well, what do I have to say? <laughs> well, maybe this is a whole other podcast episode about imposter syndrome. Yeah. But, but um, I definitely felt like I had that. You did? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go ahead and talk about that then. Like, Well, okay. So then what really got me was when I had to start planning for it. So then they were really specific. They prescribed what the topic of the panel was going to be out about, which is sure, of course, you're going to do that. And then they sent the name of the other panelist. And? And it turned out that one of the other panelists was like a really big name in math education who had done this TED Talk and had- I saw it, by the way. It was had like 2.8 million views. Uh, uh, <laughs> Actually, I, it, it did. Really? I looked it up yesterday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, I, and I- So here's the funny part. <laughs> they had created this Google presentation and every presenter, every panelist got one slide. So on the on the specific panel that I was on, there were four panelists and they had reserved one slide for each of us with our pictures on it. Like it just had a placeholder. So it would yeah. say Denise Thornton and it had my picture. Well... I I look and I am supposed to follow the guy that has 2.8 million views on his TED talk. And I was like, what in the world? No way. So one of my coworkers, she cracked me up. She goes, they don't know. Just switch the order. <laughs> it, so, oh, wait. You, so you I just switched the order. I, I went in front of him. When you got it, you were supposed to edit the how did how did you switch it without them? How? Why? I was a panelist. I had permission. Oh. 
<laughs> so wait, so you switched it to go before him? Yes. Okay. Because I saw his slide right before mine with his picture on it. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm switching that. So I switched it and I got to go before him. <laughs> did anyone ever, did anyone notice? No, nobody no. would notice because they sent us this blank presentation um, slide set of slides like a month ago. So all of you could edit that set of slides. Yeah. So all you did was move yours. I just moved the order. I just moved mine up. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. And that helped a little bit, but then um, in hindsight, do you think you needed to do that? No, I don't think I needed to, but I definitely, f I actually did feel better. Leading up to it, yes. it, it helped you, yeah. Leading up to it, and even on the day of, I yeah. actually felt better that I didn't have to follow him. I mean, it's not that even our our slides, it's not even like our what we had to say were so closely related. Like they weren't, he was talking about one thing and I was talking about something else, but I still was glad to go before him. So then I could just listen to him. And not be like worried about what he's yeah. saying and then yeah. going, oh, crap, I should I didn't say anything like that. Yeah. You know, so oddly enough, like this whole whatever weekend, I think it started last Friday night <laughs> when we sat down and we talked for a couple of hours about your upcoming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and then they gave me really then they gave me other parameters that were challenging. So they said. The panel was going to be an hour long, and each person gets one slide in five minutes. Okay. To say what you to and introduce then, yourself and say what you want to say. And then I heard through the I heard your your thing <laughs> through the door, but but and you were like spot on, pretty close to five minutes. Five but, minutes, seventeen seconds. Right. So <laughs> timed. Uh, which I want to come back to that because because this uh, a bit of this is about preparation. Okay. Uh, but. Um, was it 30 minutes to answer questions after for all of you? Anyone could, it yeah, was total. open to the entire panel. So the whole pa the whole panel discussion was going to be one hour time block. And then the first 20 minutes, really the first 25 minutes was the moderator introduced us and then every person got five minutes. Okay. So I guess let's just kind of cut to the chase here because I, I I do have some specific questions, but I wanted to see how you felt about it because now that it's over with, it seems like you've had a like a big breath of fresh air. But let's say today's uh, kind of <laughs> okay. What mm -hmm. <laughs> why why that reaction? Because I still like that whole imposter syndrome thing is I I mean when when I got on when we did the panel that day, I was so concerned with the guy that had lots of views on his TED talk, but I didn't even and maybe this is good, maybe this is bad. I didn't even look at the other two panelists and the other two panelists weren't shabby either. By so not first, shabby, you mean they were pretty awesome, right? The first I remember, one was yeah. from Harvard. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the second one, the one that has all the views is from Stanford. Yeah. And then the other one was from UC Boulder, but she's been, she has the most experience out of all of us. She's been doing it for longer than all of us. Man, so it seems weird that they would get these like three superstars and then you, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. What do you what like at, at any point did it ever register in your mind? Like it, rather than you feeling like the imposter, did it ever register in your mind? We've got three superstars here. I'm just the odd man no. out. Like it never registered in your mind. I must be on that. No. That, no. Never. 
<laughs> I still feel like, why the hell did they put me on that? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, hey, it's good to be humble. It's good to be humble. I ain't even trying to be humble. I'm just saying I still don't know why the hell I got oh invited. My and then the dumb part about it, too, was leading up to it. They invited me to be a part of this uh, as a panel panelist, and they had invited me to a different panel. And then when I responded and I said, yeah, that I wanted to be on the panel, they switched me to this one. (laughs) Wow. Well, that wasn't even the original topic that I had agreed upon. So overall, it was okay. So let's just put it this way. Like if we put it in actors terms, it's like you got not just a speaking role on a major (laughs) show, like you actually had a role, like you had at least a at least a day or a couple of episodes worth of a role where you're like looking at people who you've seen on TV a bunch of times or, or, or people you've in this world that you're in people whose faces, you know, and whose voices, you know, yeah. and whose names, you it know, it would because- be like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. <laughs> Do you want <laughs> if- to host the golden globes with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? Okay, that kind of thing. And then of course you would say, well, hell yeah, I do. But then whenever you actually get it, you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is, I, I do, I didn't prepare much for any talk about imposter syndrome. Not that we can't like, you know, riff on that whole thing. There's probably a lot to say about that though, because it seems like the thing that's kind of dominating your thoughts. Um, but I will say watching you Friday night uh, and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And then the talk was yesterday. Yeah, every, all the way. Yeah, until- every day you were working and preparing in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Even though you felt, I, I feel like you acted like you were like spinning your wheels in the mud. I was spinning my wheels all the way until the talk was at 5.30 on Tuesday night. And I was spinning my wheels all the way until about 3.30 on Tuesday. Okay. So, but obviously you weren't. So the real question here is, and I always ask this for like, you know, I always think of it first from an actor's perspective and then any, really any kind of artist or anything. But like one of the big things with actors is that, um, you know, some are really good when they have a lot of time to prepare and they rehearse a bunch and that's the way they feel most comfortable. And that's actually where they excel. Others it's exactly the opposite where they're actually better if you don't tell them that much about it and you kind of put them on the spot and let them be spontaneous. And then sometimes they have it mixed up. Some some actors want to prepare and they think they feel better prepared, but they're actually better when they're spontaneous. And some actors don't want to prepare and think they're better when they're spontaneous, but they need to actually prepare. So yeah. in your case... um, how much did the preparation for those straight days just spinning your wheels? How much did that really like help you in hindsight? Would you do it different if you had it to do over again? And um and and I guess really what I want to know is do you feel like you hit a point where you overprepared? That's kind of like three questions, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I but. know. You just said you wanted to ask me, but you asked me a bunch. Okay, yeah. so uh did I feel like I overprepared? No, I have to prepare. I mean, especially with this, I was given very specific parameters. Like I had to get to where I rehearsed that out loud in front of people and time myself and see how long. And you landed at five seventeen, so obviously they. And that was after a lot of whittling, like a lot of editing back 
and forth and back and forth. So um, especially with this situation, I had to start writing with just a stream of consciousness almost yep. of I, I knew the prompt they had sent over um, provocative questions. They mm. had, they called them like the whole series was called a provocative. It was that like always a, uh, sounds like, not yeah, it like, wasn't sexual, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, or yeah, it was, it was called a provocation series. Yeah. It's just like, in, it's like, like, like this is Pondering. the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. heavy. It's deep. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. 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 And it, it was, their questions were provocative right. because it made, I had to think about it. I had to stew on it for a long time. So the process was about a month ago, I got invited and I accepted it. About three weeks later, they sent me information with questions to consider. And they gave me a little bit of research to think about too. And I just sat on it. I just sat on it for about two weeks because I thought, well, it's only a five minute talk. It's like one of those things where, well, yeah, but also it's, it, you know, it's a lot of work to prepare it. So to get started, we've done a podcast on this before. We're talking about getting started. Getting yeah. started is the hardest part. Yeah. And it's easy. It's funny. Like whenever you feel like you have to get started with something like that, do you find that you end up like doing all the chores oh, on your list totally. other than that yeah, one? Yeah, I was like, man, <laughs> our house is really clean. I've worked out so much. You know, I've done all the laundry, all these different things, was baking things. You yeah, know? yeah. And so then finally, after I got started, I just plopped a bunch of, I opened up a PowerPoint. And I just started dropping slides or dropping things that I knew were going to be related to what I wanted to say. Yep. And then building your little, it's just yeah. basically building a pot full of stuff. And then at the same time, I started to make a script for what I wanted to say. And after that first round, I started to type it out and I timed myself and I was already at like 445 just like on getting started and it was i hadn't even really made a point yet you uh -huh. know uh i mean even i had to whittle it down my intro was like already at a minute you know and i'm like you can't take a whole minute to to just intro what you're about to say you got to get into it so anyways i did that and then i needed feedback like i needed to have a brainstorm a brain dump with people that I work with because they they contemplate the same things. But then, and it was really helpful, but then I had even more ideas yeah. to distill, right? So then I do it again. I revise it. I cut it. I cut it. I cut it. And I knew I needed to get down to one image or one very simple, like the slide needed to be as simple, simple, simple as possible. So I get that down right, and then I still have to whittle down the talk, and I have to rehearse it. I have to say it out loud because I need to know if I'm doing, if I'm saying what I want to say in less than five minutes. So I did on the over prepare part. I'm not going to say I over prepared because I know my personality. It's what I have to do to feel comfortable and to be able to deliver a message clearly, but. I will say you could get overwhelmed on feedback. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. That was going to be a, another question. Before you go there, though, okay. okay. So 
you don't feel like you overprepared. I don't think you did either. I and I was what I was really trying to get at was watching you do that. I've felt that way before, where you feel like you're just spinning your wheels, spinning your wheels, spinning your wheels, and all of your time's just getting wasted. You're not actually accomplishing anything, but the truth is, you are accomplishing something, and your wheels aren't spinning the way that they feel that they are because you're you are running through. You're you're basically filtering ideas and it's just taking you that long to filter them. So it kind of goes to like we use that look at that quote the other night. It was just like, uh, uh, sorry that I wrote this letter so long. I didn't have time to write a short one. Yeah, because the t- the distilling process that that goes into writing something short, sweet and to the point. It, it takes a long time. It it's, mu- it's actually or much faster, actually much faster just to go and hammer out three pages of, of something, a stream of consciousness. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Now let's talk about that next piece with the feedback. Cause I know that how you are too, you you love, well, I don't know if you love it, but you ask for feedback on everything. You really do. Yeah. Um, well, I want to see the way people react is, to it. Like I want to look at, I like being able to look at their face, say something and see what their reaction is. And I can see the I can see if it's confusing by the way they their eyes look at me. I can tell by the way they tilt their head or their body language. If it's not engaging at all, they just sit back like I can tell lulls in the in the in the conversation or in the talk or whatever it is. And so I I like to do that to see what sticks with people and what just bores people. So I did, I, I will tell you where I felt like I got myself in too much feedback was I planned, I finally was to a place where I could do a run through with people, right? So I did a run through with two coworkers on Monday morning and it was almost, I was almost to the point where I was done, but I only had about four minutes worth written and they gave me a lot of feedback on the four minutes. So I needed to go back and revise the first four minutes, knowing I still had one more minute to write. Like I had to write the last minute of the, of this talk. Well, on Saturday night, like prior to all of this, we had our neighbors over for dinner. And one of our neighbors, who you guys have heard, Jim Jim Comer, he was on episode 26. Six, and uh, he's an executive speech coach, which lands in my favor, right, in this case. So he had offered, he said, hey, when you get your, when you get your talk in a good place, let's get on Zoom and I'll give you some feedback on it. So I got feedback in the morning from some friends, I mean, from coworkers, and then I got feedback in the evening. And it was a lot of feedback to get in one day when I'm still trying to refine it and be ready for it the next day. So I couldn't push the second meeting back to Tuesday. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have done two groups, separate groups of people giving me feedback on the same day. Yeah, yeah. I needed to separate it because I needed to be able to process fully what the first group gave me and clean that part up and then give it to somebody else. Or I'd maybe, in all reality, with that time crunch, I didn't need two people to give me, two sets of people to give me feedback. Well, when you go to the getting feedback thing, like 
do you did you notice any part where you felt like I mean with feedback especially if you are and you should be competent in what you do cuz you're good at it but when you when you feel competent in what you're doing and you hit a point where you go now that's some that's something I'm leaving on the table I'm I'm going to do it my way right kind of thing mm-hmm. when you hit that point um or vice versa you or the exact opposite of that you you go oh I hadn't thought of that I got it oh Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to totally go down that I rabbit hole. I had both hole. ends of the Okay, spectrum. so you had both of those. Yes. Did you feel like at any point that the feedback was conflicting at all? Like you got it from one person and you thought it was a good point and then the other person was like saying almost the opposite? Um, or was it all pretty aligned? I didn't. So the I guess in this, this point, the first group of people that I met with were giving me more um, feedback on the content itself. And would add in, you're kind of missing this piece, or you went real a lot, you went into depth on this piece and you didn't need to. And so I think the my first group wanted me to add things in and I was pressed for time. Yeah. yeah. So I had to make some decisions on my own for I can't I think this is a really important piece, but I can't really get into it. And even just mentioning it isn't gonna do any justice to it. Yeah. So I I I agreed with them. I thought it was valuable, but I needed to just say no. Yeah. So I took some of that feedback and I didn't use it, right? Right. On the other end, when Jim was giving me um, feedback, his was all on delivery. Yeah, yeah, like the his way you His was you're all saying. about the way I was phrasing things or when I was using extra words that I needed, didn't need to use, which he helped me so much mm-hmm. with. Or where Hope you I should get the uh, right emphasis on the yeah. right syllable. Uh, where where I needed to emphasize things, where I just didn't need to say extra words. Like he, we cut really quickly, like forty five seconds, like right off the bat. He was like, "You don't need to say that. Didn't you just say that? Why yeah. are you saying that again? Yeah, don't overuse that. You know that was really helpful." On the delivery, but I I will say that I feel like I'm pretty confident in speaking in front of people, um, and I should have said from the get-go, I should have really been honest from the get-go and said, I'm really tired, because we met at the at nighttime, yeah. and I should have just said to him, I'm really tired, I don't need, I'm not worried about how I'm gonna deliver this, I know I'll be able to articulate it in a way that's clear, yeah. I just need you to help me with the, con- like, the with content, like, with making sure it's yeah. clear, yeah. is it understandable what I'm saying, and so, I maybe, was getting, even, maybe even the ordering of things. Maybe, yes. Yeah. And we did switch that. And I was getting frustrated because I was so tired. I didn't want to work on delivery. I wasn't yeah. delivering it at 100% at 7, 8 o'clock at night yeah. when I had been thinking about it for four days straight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, they do the same thing with actors' table reads. You yeah. know, when you show up for a table read, it's always like, especially if you don't know the people in the room already, you're like, all right. If I go 100% right here, am I like showing off? Yeah. And if I go 50% right now, am I just a slug? You know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. There's not a c- correct answer for it. It's just a matter of having to f- struggle through that. All right. So I don't, I don't, um, 
I don't have a ton, but I really wanted to catch you while this was all fresh on your mind because you've been dealing with it for yeah. you know, almost a week as far yeah. as dealing with it directly. And you've been dealing with it be- as a yeah. result. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, you know, and something I kept going back to from hearing your, because I heard the rough cut versions of it <laughs> several times and I kept going back to, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, what can you say? You know, because when you're talking to a bunch of really smart people who are really good at their job, um, sometimes I think that being able to provide insight by way of simplicity can kind of, like if you can take something complex and distill it into something, explain it in a simple way, then you've really done something special for for the people that that are deep down that rabbit hole with you, you know. Um, and then on the on the other hand, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to oversimplify it because yeah. of obviously it's like now you're just stating the obvious. Yeah. So um, what did you end up kind of settling on? Where where did you stand on all of that? Did you end up? I know you end, I know you landed on your time. Yeah. But how did you feel by the end of it? And I know you'll grade yourself probably unfairly, but if you had to say on a scale of one to ten, after all that preparation and all of that that you went through, how did it come out? Um, okay. A couple before I answer that directly, um, nerd writer on Friday night, we we watched a couple YouTube videos, but the, and if you don't know nerd writer, you should watch some of his videos because he reviews, he does video essays on art Mm -hmm. and film. And then you showed me a video that was actually a analyzing the nerd writer. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a review of the review. Yeah, a review <laughs> of nerd writer's review. And um and what stuck with me was on theirs they summarize that nerd writer follows the same simple process and it was illustrate, explain, apply. Apply, right? Mhm. I just thought that was like brilliant to be able to have this structure that was so clear, right? Yeah. But I wasn't able to do an illustrate in the way that Nerdwriter could do it with a video clip. Right, right. right. I didn't have that luxury, but I knew that at I sh- if I had a good, simple message, I should be able to, to distill it in three words. Yeah. So that's uh, that was where I landed. Like I, I was pleased with the fact that I could um, summarize my point in three words, right? Which is where what I decided to do on the slide. I just used three words and I used a very small image, right? Um, so I think as far as delivering a message that was simple and to the point, I would say I did about a eight or nine. All right. Do I feel feel the part that I still haven't um, been able to stop thinking about is I guess I was just not sure if the message that I had was earth shattering. It wasn't earth shattering. I know it wasn't earth shattering. And I was trying to think of, was it helpful to go back to something that probably everybody in the room already knew? Like, was it fine to just restate as simple as you can something that everybody should know is good practice? Yeah. Um, do I always have to have something new to say? 
Well, at some point, I mean, as many Because I didn't. Yeah. Well, okay. So we did talk about that. And that's really hard, especially, you know, it's like even being a teacher, right? You know, every day you show up, maybe you wrote a decent lesson or maybe you wrote a crappy lesson. But usually if you're really trying and working at it, you're going to have a decent lesson, but you're not going to move them every day. Because number one, you're they're used to you. Number two, they're used to the content. And so it makes it kind of, it makes it like you, you, you run the risk of just kind of hitting this sort of in-between spot. It's getting you from point A to point B, which is what you need to do, but it's not doing it in any like flashy way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's okay though. I, I don't, I don't see anything I wrong with that. I wasn't going to say anything. I think the part that was hard for me and a little bit of a factor and I don't know, going back to the imposter syndrome, I mean, I had a person on the panel from Harvard that had been doing 20 years worth of research. Mm-hmm. So her focus was on the research of it. I had the guy that had millions of views on his TED Talk. He created a new digital, like a technology that math educators use. And then the person that ended the panel after me was a... Uh, has been in the field for like 30 or 40 years. So it's, and was it's highly part of, unlikely that you're going to say something that's going to make them go, right. ah, I never thought of that. You right, know? right. I mean, I didn't, I don't feel like I did, but I also felt like everybody wants to say these new and different things, but are they really doing a good job on something they should all just be, that's like, well, and, and that, and that sometimes the reminder, the remind, it's like, you know, we were, and I think I even used this Kobe Bryant little uh, quote on you. We've talked uh, Kobe. Kobe's was one of those where he was, yes, he was excellent at, at one point, the best in the world at what he did, but he wasn't really like gifted to be the best in the world with, with just what he had. Most of what he did was, it was hard work. And one of the biggest quotes he had was do the little things right. Yeah. Every day, do the little things right. Yeah. And that's so hard to do. Like that, to show up every day and do the little things right and not cut corners is, I think it's incredibly hard to do. So just a reminder, a talk in a, in a speech where you're giving it to people who do this every day, just that little like extra, hey, remember, this is why we're doing this. And this is, you know, this is why that's a good practice. I, I think that that's as good sometimes as having something brand new to say. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think I I hate the word innovative. Yeah. Because I think it's so overused. Yeah, it is. It is. It is overused. But I didn't feel like I was, I did, I don't have this like bunch of ideas in my mind that I feel like I need to share with the world that's so unique and so different. So I I think that's what I struggled with was like, by being a part of this, do I have to have something to say that is different? And I didn't. So well, and some people get run into that exact question when they're about to do something and then they say something just to be contrarian or whatever, you know, just to be different. But so, okay, one other question then, and then we can wrap it up. But did... And I know it's not like, you know, we've talked a million times how it's not really helpful to compare yourself to others. Although I think in some cases like this, if you're doing it in a healthy way, and I think the healthy way of looking at this is to say, all right, 
Did anyone else on the panel say something that shocked you cold that made you think about something differently? No, and I was trying to reflect on that, though, because I was trying to think, was I so far into the imposter syndrome brain like mindset that I was overwhelmed by everything happening maybe that i couldn't actually absorb what other people were saying Mm -hmm. because i was too concerned with how i was going to deliver a message or did i sound like an idiot or or what am i going to say when the moderator asks me a question like i think that kind of anxiety can creep in when imposter syndrome is like is like taking over you yeah you know um but i mean the, their no, talk, their I, talks I, were good, but you weren't like, oh my god, I never thought of that. No, <laughs> that no, they weren't. They weren't. In, they weren't. In a, if if we're gonna use the word innovative as far as being like unique and sharing something new, no, yeah. nobody shared anything new. Well, so we always do our top three at the end. Uh, when you have something like that that you are up against, uh, whether it's a big speech, a big performance, maybe you're showing up, you know, and you're you're doing what you love to do and what you're good at, but you're doing it for the first time with a group of people who you really respect, whatever forum that is. What are the three things that you think you would want to make sure you do every time you have that situation? Uh, okay, well, first, like you asked me, about preparing, I think you should prepare. So leave ample time, like whether that's five days, maybe you got to know yourself. You have to know yourself. I know myself. So I knew that I needed to think about it in in advance, but I also knew I needed to stew on it. And I needed to leave myself room for days and days and days of stewing before I could get to a place of like creation, you know, or yeah. anything. So I'd yeah. say that you did the study and stew approach where yeah. it's sort of like you, you're, you're studying, you're reading, you're stewing, you're writing stuff down, you're mixing it all into a pot. You have no idea what's going to come out of that, but it's there. It's all just kind of melting in. Yeah. Um, I was telling you this when we went on a walk earlier, but um, a friend told me, uh, a colleague who was retiring said so such a nice thing to me. And he said, um, you know, I always liked working with you because you never took yourself too seriously. And when that imposter syndrome like creeps in, mm-hmm. I think the way you keep yourself in check is like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, why do you think you yeah. matter so much that anybody cares about what like how you are? Like, yeah. just be there, be present and don't worry about how you come off. Now, I'm saying that knowing that I probably didn't carry that out like perfectly yesterday. Yeah. Actually, I probably didn't even carry it out well at all. <laughs> but um, I know that that's something that I need to work on is like, especially when you get surrounded by people that are supposedly real, like experts in that this particular area, like still... uh they still take a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still got to take a shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, uh, why? They did a lot of the same things you did that same day. <laughs> yeah. So um, just don't take yourself so seriously that you that it takes you out of being present or it takes you um, out of a place where you can learn and absorb, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and then I think that also leads to the other end of it of, 
you know, be confident in your abilities and that you earn opportunity. Yeah, you definitely have to have a balance with that where you're not like overconfident or or cocky or whatever. Yeah. But um but you have to remember that you're there for a reason. They didn't just draw your name out of a hat for no, you know, yeah, no reason and, at all. And I knew that when it was my turn, I needed to still played up to my strengths. Mm-hmm. Like I still needed to do the things that I knew I did I could do well. Yeah. Regardless of Ah, so is that one of your things? Remember what your strengths are and still stick to them? Play to them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that goes in line with the confidence piece of like do the things you do well and like just don't even hold back on that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. probably why you got that opportunity because you did that really well, regardless of yep. if it was the same situation. Yep. And so don't take yourself too seriously, but then also be a badass when you are a badass at yeah. something. Yeah. If you know? you know it's your if you know you're in your wheelhouse, just go yeah. ahead and go ahead and direct direct the boat, man. Yeah. So those are my top three. What about yours? Um yeah, I so I I um I think you pretty much summarized mine too. And I don't want to go off and try to invent three more just for the sake of inventing three more. I think it's really important to um, to prepare and to leave enough time for it. I'm really bad about going and doing 25 other things to avoid what it, to, you know, to find, it's like creative procrastination. You just like, le- you know, and I already have like creative ADHD anyway. I'm interested in a bunch of stuff. So if I'm, if I'm being asked to write something that we're going to shoot, I'll, I'll be out in the garage painting. You can bet. But I think it's important to make sure you leave enough time to prepare for whatever that thing is. And if you need the time built in so that you can procrastinate, screw around and do yeah. stuff, then that's part of the time you got to plan for. But, um, uh, and then I really do think that it's important to have a balance or find yourself on the right, you know, find your frequency on the, you know, on, in the space of, I know I'm here for a good reason. I'm not just here by accident, but I also want to make sure that I'm not overconfident and I don't walk through the door like I, like I'm, you know, yeah, right. Something that I'm not. Yeah. And, um, something that tied in like for this whole process, it was crazy because it tied into that conversation we had with Ashton about knowing when to walk away. Yeah. And I had to, and I had to be able to pay attention and go, I have to walk away right yeah, now. Yeah. Like well, this isn't be, this isn't productive where I am right now. I got to walk away. Well, how important is it to, to just step away and go take a walk? Because you, you don't have to try to get your mind to think about it anymore at that point. Your mind's going to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you I went to sleep. Yeah. I would wake up thinking about it. And it's the break usually that gives your mind a chance to process. You're just letting your brain catch up because it takes that, that when, you know, we're not supercomputers. I mean, I guess we are to some extent, but we're not like what we think of is we don't process as fast as we would like to. And so you got to be able to give it some time to, to make use of all that stuff you just put in there. Oh, and I process slow. So do I. Slow, slow, slow. All right. Well, that was a good little episode 28. We are on 28. All right. Um, yeah. But yeah, congratulations. You did a great job. I'm proud of you. And I think... Yeah, Thank you. You, you you prepared and did what you had to do. So 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for being my guinea pig and listening over and over. Anytime. I only ask it of you every single time I do anything, which is, oh, every other day or so. (laughs) All right. Time to go watch Shameless. Time to go watch Shameless. Let's do it.